Welcome to the Inside LBI podcast, where we go over all things LBI from the inside of Beach House Realty in Shipbottom, New Jersey. I'm Caitlin Grieve here with Kevin Bergen, and today we have Toby Sweeney, the owner of Terrace Tavern and Delaware Ave Oyster House. Hey, Toby. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having Good. me. Good. Nice to have you. I, I thought you were going to say, I'm Mike Spark, your host. <laughs> That's what it says on the paper. <laughs> I don't read off the paper. I don't need the paper. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, we kick the word iconic around all the time here, but it's true. your place is. Terrace I mean, has been there a long time. How yeah. long? Um, I I think a hundred years, that huh. building, it was Ma Reese's in like the twenties and it was the first liquor license after prohibition that was opened back up on the island. Oh, wow. What? And say that again, Ma Reese's? Ma Reese's. And it was a bar? Or? It was a bar. Um, probably a speakeasy before they got- In, know, in the interim, was, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. No and kidding. Then it was Freddy's Tavern. Okay which a lot of people still are connected to and understand what it was. You know, obviously it was a big, well-known bar. There was a bus stop in front and all the kids, you know, would, would see Freddie passed out in, in the, in the front on the bench with the violin in his hand. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Freddie was the character. He used to keep a pistol in his back pocket and, um, and he played violin behind the bar. There was a cats in there. There's all sorts of, we hear, we hear actual stories about like when you say iconic, the personalities that ran that bar. And then it turned into Terrace Tavern and my, and it was the Terrace for, you know, 20 years. Um, and then my dad bought it when it was still Terrace. That was in the, the mid eighties. And um, yeah, then I bought it seven years ago, still Terrace. So yeah, long time, a lot of ghosts in there. <laughs> yeah, why don't we have bars like that anymore? Yeah. yeah kind of I mean, there's behind the bar, we did some remediation a couple years ago and we, we found some of the exterior of Freddy's like actual wood that was painted and we like slid the pieces out and there was like exposed brick and we kept it there. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And is that the place that they call the backyard? No, no, that's in, that's inside. That's inside. The backyard is what, what was originally actually truly Parker's garage. I know this is a tough conversation to have. For no. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Parker, who, owned the boat yard or the boathouse. Um, he had lived behind the terrace and, and he had a garage there that he, he fixed his boats in and my dad bought it from him. And, and so technically that's So the Parker's backyard garage. is really Parker's garage. <laughs> it's a tough one. Whoa, I know. does Bobby do you know this? I mean, listen. <laughs> Melanie and company. That ain't talk to uh, Deb Whitcraft. That's all true, true information. I mean, yeah, you can see the, the, the purchase that my dad made from him. And that was his garage. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that That's like getting all the uh, bars and restaurant now stories into to, one soup there. Yeah. Huh? I mean, there's a lot of crossover. It's a small town. It might not feel that way in the middle of July, but you know that it's a small town. We're right. all, you know, now second and third generation family owners. So there's there's a lot of crossover. And you told a great story off 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 camera about about our illustrious mayor, you know, oh, yeah. trying to help you out in COVID. And, and Joe. And, you know, Tony Dealey did the same thing for Sink or Swim. You know, he drove by and helped Sam get back in business. And, you know, we we said to her, like, how could clothing not be an essential product? Like, (laughs) how could you be clothes? You know, that's kind of I mean, you know, obviously we were, you know, I think everybody during COVID was looking at each other like, is this real life? Like, what's going on here? And, like, certainly pivoting is not hard for us. We've been in disasters, right? The place is flooded. We've had to evacuate. But transforming an industry that requires people to be next to each other and in a small space, I, mean, 
I don't think any of us really understood outside of man, we're lucky we're at the beach. Right. Everybody's going to be, want to be outside, mm-hmm. you know, being in the city, you could see what's, what, what happened how, there. How long were you closed? Um, we were closed for about two and a half months. And then when you opened up, you had the, I, I know there were tables on the boulevard. I, I mean, see that in my mind's eye. So we closed in the middle of March, right? At the end of March. And we, we opened Oyster House back up for just takeout. Um, we, we created all these different fun, like street foods, like chowder chips. My, my chef at the time, um, came up with where instead of chowder fries, we're just literally opening a bag of chips, putting chowder and a fork and handing it to people. And they were like, this is amazing. This Mm -hmm. is the best soup (laughs) crouton I've ever had. (laughs) It was, it was, it was, it was delicious. It was like, you know, walking food. Um, and in that time we had, um, you know, we had to get asbestos removed from, Parker's garage <laughs> and knocked that building down. I mean, it was, it was, so we didn't open that, that tent area in the backyard of the terrace until, I mean, my gosh, it was, you know, the right before Memorial day weekend months it took us. And it's still open. It's still open. And how did it change? Well, I mean, the, the, we had a tent for three years. We made it as beautiful as we could. We were you know, it was, it was really exciting because we felt so victorious. We felt like, oh my gosh, we actually created something that people can feel safe coming to and we all can still have a job. Right. It didn't right. feel as disruptive as I know other industry, other people I know who have restaurants, those industries, a lot of friends of mine, fortunately have great restaurant friends with places, shops in, you know, San Francisco and Philadelphia. And they were just like, oh my God, our staff, you know, they're all walking out. Like nobody's coming back to work. We were like, oh no. Not here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, these guys didn't go back to college. So (laughs) they're all looking at bus tables. Yeah, it worked out for you. You beat beat COVID because of it. We Mm -hmm. did. It was a silver lining and is a, you know, truly lots of lessons. But a massive blessing, game changer for the business, for wow. our business. Right, LBI Foods, right? LBI Eats, what's her name, Catherine? Yeah. She was a COVID, she started oh, yeah. from COVID. She mm-hmm. came down here because Colgate was closed and yeah. and uh, started her business. Yeah, I and, mean, you know, it was- um, I mean, That's great, like your people didn't go home. They, they came here. Home. Yeah. And, you we know, had, they went from college to here. It's true. Didn't stop in North Jersey or Philly or anything. Came, mm-hmm. came, they did. Came, came to the beach house. They all stayed. Needed a job stayed, worked, and now it's a big part of your business. It is a massive, I mean, truly another entire revenue stream was created with that outside. Wow! And so Joe Mancini said, you know, because I was renting the building from my dad and he said, too bad dad won't let you knock it down. And I like jokingly was like, he just called me. It was like rocket, like, let, like slay it. So we did, we, we had in, you know, during a pandemic we had, asbestos removal and permits from Trenton in like a matter of two and a half weeks. It was phenomenal. And a ton of local people helped us. There was so much helping. Um, Mark Reynolds was massive. Joe, obviously Mancini and the entire governing body. I felt like I talked to them like parents at one point, you know, Ron Pingaro, I was like crying right. to him one day. Like, I was just so grateful that they had our backs. It was great. You tore down Parker's garage. I did. That's like a headline. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a headline. Don't tell Melanie Magazine. No, we won't tell yeah. Melanie that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, no, sure, I'm um, sure they'll be upset, it's, but it's um, hysterical. He I, owned a lot of real estate. I'm sure there's a lot of Parker's garage. I mean, that's not an uncommon name. That family has a lot of, had a lot of real estate, but yeah. Tell boats. us a little about the Delaware Oyster House. It's Delaware Avenue Oyster House. Yeah, okay. the Delaware Ave Oyster House. So my dad 
was, you know, former owner of both of the restaurants and, you know, he, he pivoted after Hurricane Sandy and took a gift shop and moved it into, you know, what he knows best, which is food and Bev. Mm -hmm. And he created, you know, a beautiful long bar that you could just walk up and get some oysters and get a drink and, and leave. Not that heavy lift of a dining room like the terrace has. And um, yeah, Oyster House is different than the Terrace Tavern, different style food, um, different customer base, truly. Different customer, mm -hmm. really? Yeah, I mean like, you know, people come in and they're like, we never go to the Terrace. Uh, we've never been to the Terrace or the, you know, there'll be a two hour wait at the Terrace and like, you can go next, you know, see next door, you can have a drink. They're like, what's next door? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Do you see an uptick in um, people coming in because of Chef Britt? Um, well, she's not our chef anymore. Well, when she was yeah. the chef, do people still come and ask if she's there? Well, we no? don't, not so much. Okay. Um, but you know, she, you know, when she was there, she has, she was magnanimous. So she had a very strong, you know, personality. So just in terms of front of the house, like I feel like my first two years, people would walk in and be like, where's big Steve? Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's, uh, he just left. Um, but yeah. he's across the street in retirement mode. Yeah. Um, so we definitely sensed because there was a lot of energy around her shows that there was definitely more people that were like intrigued by the fact that she was, you know, on TV. It was so fun. We loved yeah. it. And aside from any of that, even if she was never on a show, um, you know, um, her contributions were phenomenal. She's an incredibly talented chef. And um, she really helped us, I know, when we brought her on board, because when I bought the restaurant, we inherited a lot of cooks that we no longer, you know, decided to stay on with. We wanted to really shift Oyster House to a little bit more elevated. At the time, when I bought the restaurants, both the Terrace and the Oyster House had the same, almost the same menu. They both had crab cakes, they both had lobster rolls, everything came with french fries and pickles. I'm like, this, you yeah, know, we can goes, do, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like we want the, the Disney vibe where it's like, we want them to go to all of the shops and right. have a different experience right. in every shop. Um, and, and Brit came at a time where I really felt connected to that level of culinary talent. I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is nothing that the island really is presenting. She's, you know, hungry to, to have her own sort of, you know, style and she wants to have her own brand. And at, and at the time it, it jived perfectly. It took us to where we wanted. Um, and she's, you know, onto, onto other things. And as all this industry can be transient, I think what she brought uh, what everybody comes through the kitchen brings and they enhance our brand in some way, shape or form. Or you don't let them or they oh, roll. They, they, yeah. they, they roll. <laughs> or we cut them loose. OTD, yeah. out the door. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, that's part of being the boss. It's not right. easy to make right. those decisions. No. But, you know, at the, the end of the day, I had a board meeting where I just looked in the mirror and I was like, we need to talk about the future. No. <laughs> um, but um, so, yeah, everything, you know, like I said, the contributions from her are still there. Just like the wing sauce at the terrace, Bobby Scheibel, one of my dad's first chefs, that was his contribution. And we still have that. Don't have it. That's great. Mm -hmm. And what's the specialty in in the backyard? The specialty is because you're saying they're all, all three are kind of different, huh? Well, I mean, it's so that's a great question. And so the open air dining, the aspect of being able to come into a spot, I think what I see as being unique about it is that you can come in by yourself. You can come in, you can sit at the bar, you can have a drink, you can wait for your sandwiches at Wawa, you can come off the beach for an hour, and it doesn't have this sense of, you know, 
it's not, it's not formal. It's very informal, actually. Sophisticated informality is something we like to Whoa. throw around. Okay, that's Where cool. you can get, you know, a really well curated, you know, paired wine with a beautiful, you know, tuna poke from up, you know, tuna from up the street and you're in your flip flops and, you know, backwards hat and just still have a great experience. It sounds right up your alley, it Kevin. really does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think you need to compromise, you know, Obviously the, the interior is different inside the Terrace Tavern. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, a little bit darker, that sort of like, you know, shiplappy look and some old kind of vibe. And, you know, it's these beautiful, big, you know, bar taps. Um, Oyster House is like bright and crisp and, you know, subway tile and like that raw bar clean, you know, really sharp looking black plates, you know, that different vibe. And in the backyard, it's like, you know, buckashuck oysters and a nice cold beer. You can sit there with 19 people and have a full dinner, or you can just just come in and, and be welcome. Chill you know? by yourself. Chill and by yourself. tell us about the Terrace Tavern. Do you have do you have many uh, locals or repeat business as Sam has at the uh, Sink or Swim? Or? I mean, we have like third generation repeat where they're like, wow. do you remember her? She was in a car seat. I'm like, yeah, I was a hostess. My stepmom, you know, Cassie was working the manager. She was in a car, you know, this girl's coming in a car seat. She's celebrating her 23rd birthday. Now, right. now she's drinking in the backyard. Oh, People who get married at the restaurant, you know, we have a, our hashtag is my terrace story because of how many people, you know, connected to in their, in their journey, in their life. Oh, I had my first drink there. I'm like, please tell me you were 21. <laughs> <laughs> when you came in, that, that was a legal drink, right? Or like, oh, I remember this, I remember that. So the repeat business is um, such a, you know, such an honor, truly. Do you have any cliffs from like Cheers there all the time at the bar? Um, we have a couple of cliffs. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. a couple of cliffs. I mean, we try to, you know, prevent, you know, nonstop drinking like that. <laughs> uh, we, we prefer that people come in and, you know, show off the place to their friends and family. And but we have a, local people that are that live on the street. We have a couple of guys who live right behind the Oyster House who watched the entire sequence of the knocking down of the building and that putting up of the pavilion who are regular customers and have just been like rooting for us and championing for us the oh, whole time. Awesome. So it's been a great part of the story. And is, is the, uh, is that on Maryland? Uh, yes. It is. Okay. So the uh, pavilion is behind the terrace. So that actually is called that, that original address was six East Maryland. That's what Parker's garage was. Right. Um, great story about the governing body since we're talking about politics. Um, before the pandemic, weeks before the shutdown happened, my dad was actually set to come back and speak in front of the board and try and get them to let him knock it down and put up condos. And Stu Ooh, Snyder- Everyone would have loved that. Rest in peace, <laughs> Stu Snyder was like, you know, I don't think you should fly. There's like this COVID, coronavirus out there. And my dad was like, I'm not coming home. I'm not gonna do it. So. So Stu went in front of the board and they were like, you know, there's no way we're going to let you do it. There's not going to be enough parking, blah, blah, blah. Had that been approved and all of the work been done to try and build those houses. I mean, again, it's like time and place, right? It would have, would have prevented us from surviving the pandemic. Oh, wow. wow. That's huge. Wow. You know, you know, who lives on Maryland. Oh. One of your favorite, you're not really my client, Mickey McKenna. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some other <laughs> Irish guy. Do you know Mickey McKenna? I mean, it sounds very familiar. That's an Irish guy. Well, you're here Sweeney, so. Yeah. You know, well, McKenna, I'm an, I'm an so. Eisenberg, true and true. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Eisenberg. I'm not going to be able to, you could, if you met my dad, you'd be like, oh, 
Okay. All right. I see this. No, I got this. Ducks don't have chickens. I, I remember your dad, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. pick a, uh, a ethnicity or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I just remember he's a very gregarious guy and is, kind of yeah. everybody likes him. Yeah, yeah. He definitely is no matter what the consigliere for me forever. Sure. The, the, you know, even though things have changed a big time, I don't know that he would have been able to manage the, the, you know, the response to COVID the way that we did. It just required, you know, um, a little bit more connection to technology and a little bit more, mm -hmm. you know, fresh thinking. Yeah. Just a little yeah. bit of fresh Minds. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but he's still, you know, I, I do run a, a lot, a lot by him. I'm, I'm still connected to him a lot. So what, I know this sounds like a bad question, but what do you actually do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so like I wake I, up in the morning, I go for a run. Yeah. Um, I own this place and I don't do anything. So. That's great. That, that is, that's, that's brilliant. what you want, right? So um, I'm director of operations. So I manage all of the um, money that comes in, all of the money that goes out, all of the human beings that come in, all of the human beings that, that go, go out. out yeah. Um, I have a diligent, hardworking team that I manage of executive staff from executive chefs to sous chefs and general managers and front of the house managers, catering captains, and you know, a nice big group of hardworking folks that have teams under them as well. It sounds like a lot of people. It's a lot. I had 85 full-time employees this summer. Jeez. Oh my word. I yeah. never, I never think that. Yeah. But it's, it's it kind of does like blow you away when you find out how many people actually work at a place. Yeah. It's you know? a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of operations that have to be managed and just in, you know, there are companies, there are restaurant groups that have people that their their primary job is to just manage the equipment. <laughs> like that is one of the things that I, you know, I do every day and in managing it, you're kind of project managing, right? You're like, okay, this is broken or this is, needs to be fixed or we need to maintain that. That's going to be your job. This is going to be the contract that's going to do it. Here are going to be the people that keep an eye on it. And then you're kind of, it's always checks and balances with, you know, all your humans. What is the what is the what is the uh, favorite or uh, most ordered uh, entree at the terrace? I mean, I can tell you in one second because everything is digitized. Right. Um, off the top of my head, I would tell you it's a burger. It's a burger. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say. I, I, I'm, you would think seafood, I'm, right? I mean, no, I but think, I'm pretty sure it's known for its burgers. Yeah, right? it'd be burger, crab cake. Um. You know, um, steak bites, and then you know like a steam pot or, yeah. you know, the a la carte, like pound of crab. Right. And how, how about the oyster? oyster let, me, let me guess. Oysters? Or? <laughs> I'm going to limb here. So, um, the tacos, the, the fish tacos are in the top five. Um, burger is number three. Chicken sandwich is number two. Mm -hmm. Um, pizza is up there. I mean, we also are, you know, so far this year have sold over 85,000 oysters at, at the oyster house, oh, just wow. the oyster house. So it is pretty popular. My favorite piece of data from the constant crunching of numbers is that the number one oyster that we sell is our house oyster, which we sell at, you know, for a discount for one hour a day. And the number two top selling oyster is the most expensive oyster. Which is? Is it the, the Kumamoto? It's the Kumamoto. Oh, it's oh the I mean, best. sometimes it's the Miyagi, <laughs> like $4, Yeah. And in the last seven years, those prices have changed so much. And yet the consumption and the desire to, to eat them is maintained. They don't care. Yeah. They don't care. Mm -hmm. it's a, it, okay. You know, it's because they know they're getting a great quality product yeah. and in a great space with the... With, me and Charlie. That's yeah, right. exactly. Why not? They're like, whatever it costs, Toby. Let's where do, do this. Where, whatever, where do we get the the uh, 
the local oyster? Um, so I use a couple different um, local people for the oyster. It's, you know, Delaware Bay, Delaware Bay oyster. So we get them from, you know, um, Pete McCarthy. We get them from, you know, Parsons. Sometimes we get them from Samuels. I mean, we get them wherever we can get them. Right. There are times where we're getting deliveries of oysters twice a day. And then there's sometimes we're like, we don't have any, we got to go. And I'm like, we're driving up the parkway and getting somebody from Point Pleasant. I mean, it's true. It's, it's a commodity. Yeah. How was how business this year? Business has been excellent this year. Um, really exciting about the, the increase. I was just talking about this yesterday with my friend, Chris. Last year felt like this really powerful post COVID. We're finally free and it's open. And we had this like surge that we, and we thought, okay, well, is it going to level out and how, right? Like, what does that look like? The backyard compromised that data because it's, it's so, it's such a powerful entity now that we had this incredible percentage up, not even just in day-to-day -day sales, but in the shift from how much alcohol and food where it used to be a certain swing. And now it's like, I mean, in June, I was like, this has got to be a fluke the way that this number is coming in. And then July was like exactly the mm -hmm. same. I'm like, okay, so this is, uh, this, this is, is it. This <laughs> is something that, okay, now let's see what this settling looks like. Does that honeymoon phase roll off or how do we now take that and capitalize off and say, okay, iron hot, let's keep it going. So. Yeah. So you have a lot of strategy there, huh? I have some ideas. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm excited about the future. I would yeah. think so. And the data helps, right? I the mean, data the helps. fact that you can, you, that it's available, that you it wasn't available to your pot, it. right? Yeah. He, but I mean, he knew what he ordered, but not like this. The data that he had, which I still have some of these calendars, which were just him writing how many dupes came in in lunch and how many came in dinner. So it was like a, an old Simpsons calendar from like 93. And every day was like, you know, it'd be like 29 over like 400. So it was like 29 lunches, 400 dinners. Like, and he would look at it and, and try and analyze from year to year. And it, it worked. It worked. That type of mentality created the technology that we're using now. That's right. what we need. Yeah. That's how it got there. Yeah. 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 So it worked. It cracks me up. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, we take a picture of the invoices. He's like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't just pile it in a pile in the corner because that worked too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not for you. Yeah, That's okay. not for That's me. Okay. I, I need to do 10 jobs. I also have two kids. I mean, right. I, I don't want to sacrifice my life like that. I want to be balanced. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the terrace is open 20... 52 weeks a year, no? No, it's not. But this year, this is a well-timed transition. We're open. We're staying open weekends till New Year's, which we haven't done since since I bought the restaurants. And my dad never was open at Terrace after like, you know, the, I think like one of the major floods in like 92 or 93 was the big, big one. And he was like, no way. I'm not staying open here anymore. Now, Oyster House, when we bought it, he was, I think his schedule, I think he was doing like Thursday through Monday or something in the winter. And I immediately switched Oyster House to seven days. I'm like, one of these shops needs to be year round. We need to keep staff year round. Mm -hmm. I remember asking right. Don Brown when he still had the Greenhouse Cafe. I'm like, how do you stay open year round? He's like, we lose money. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> just make sure we're on the same <laughs> we're doing, I'm doing it right. Yeah, yeah. It is. You just prepare to lose. But if you can keep that staff going, like the biggest loss is churning human beings. I mean, the amount yeah. of work it takes right. to ramp them up and train them and keep them going. So we, we go year round at Oyster and this year weekends at Terrace. Wow. And the backyard? 
backyard as long as we can bundle up and rock it out, right? This right. weather, keep it going. Who right. do I have to talk to about the weather? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I think it's I think it's Mancini. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll I'll email him. Yeah. So one more question. What does it mean to you to own and run a business on LBI? What does it mean to me? Yeah. Oh man. Let me think about that for a second. So I mean my whole life was connected to Long Beach Island. My family, my parents, you know, my brother, my sisters, just having the honor and the privilege of being on this island still and just sort of lasting this long feels incredible value in my in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I look at my kids and I think about how we can provide for them and, you know, even providing for the 80 employees, it feels like a to- an absolute honor. Um, I think I also feel truly connected to my community and impacting them, making decisions for who I want to employ and also what products I want to bring in, what companies I want to be partnered with. It's just the word honor keeps popping up in my head. That's That's great. Yeah. Another grateful, grateful business owner on LBI. It seems like kind of the trend going on here. It really is. Everybody we had the Mm -hmm. grateful business owner Mm -hmm. on LBI. Mm Anything else, Caitlin? No, that was it. That's it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You You were great. This was so lovely. I really appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we'll see you down there shortly. Sounds good. I'll be there. (laughs) All right. All right. See ya. Bye.